listening to The 30 Podcast. Here's your host, Jazz Kang. Welcome to another episode of The 30 Podcast, brought to you by Silverscreen and Roll.com, where we have your Lakers content updated daily. Got a great crew of writers as well. We got you covered for everything from news, stats, opinions, and of course, our podcast network. You can follow us on Twitter at LakersSBN. I uh, had a pretty good podcast this week on with uh, the boys who did the Can You Dig It podcast. Uh, you can listen to Christian and Grant talking to Chris Manning of NBA 2K. He's actually one of their new hosts. Uh, so that's a good one for you. You can also check out Locked On Lakers as well. Uh, joining me today, a uh, guy I've had on with me before as well. Uh, sports anchor and reporter for Sportsnet 650, Marcus Fitzgerald. Marcus, what's going on, man? I'm very happy to be with you, Jazz, and I'm very happy to be the Mo Wagner of uh, Lakers podcast guest. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah. That's I, that's I, definitely I, where you're at. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, I listened to uh, Can You Dig It just the other day. They do a great job. So it's uh, great to be with you and great to be uh, part of the family for about uh, a solid half hour here. That's right. And then we're not gonna we're gonna act like you don't exist for the next three months, and then when when uh, when we need you back on, we'll we'll get you back. Only only when the important stuff happens. Baby. Yeah. <laughs> well, we only yeah. wake you up for the important meetings, right? <laughs> um, recording this uh, just after the Lakers' big one eleven one oh six win against the Rockets coming out of the All Star break. Uh, if you missed it, weren't able to watch it. It was a good game. Lakers actually looked really slow and sluggish at one point in the third quarter. They were down by eighteen, but then they went on a twelve two run to close the gap. And that fourth quarter, man, the Staples Center crowd was rocking tonight. Yeah, yeah, it certainly was, and and you know it was it was so funny, Jazz, watching the first three quarters of this game, and and coming out of the All Star break, and we had nine days off, nine days between games, and nine days to digest all these stories about Lakers storylines and what the Lakers were going to show us with 25 games left in the regular season, and then LeBron James tells us he's rounding third and sliding into home base, and then they come out for three quarters, and I just didn't see it at all i i didn't see the intensity i i didn't see the uh the fluidity in the half court offense which i know has been a bit of an issue all season and even lebron to me he kind of looked like for the first couple of quarters that he was still in all-star weekend mode like he was he was kind of going half speed it seemed i was waiting for playoff lebron to show up and there was a lot of frustration for those first three quarters and you thought well after all that chatter this is what we're going to get but thankfully, they came alive when they had to. And I hope that this is actually uh, a sign of things to come, because I think back to that buzzer beating win in Boston and you thought, OK, this is when they're going to turn the corner and they're going to take off. And then they go out to Atlanta and that happens. And then they have nine days off and we talk about maybe firing Luke Walton and there's more, you know, more stuff and more consternation around the team. So maybe this is the time after what we just saw in the fourth quarter uh tonight against houston and maybe this lakers team is going to take off with now 24 games remaining and by the way conservatively before this houston game started i had the team going 14 and 11 to finish the season and i actually had them losing this game uh before it started so hopefully they proved me wrong and now they can take off a 24 left yeah, you know, it's funny you're saying that because I thought the same thing at that point in the third quarter where Houston went on the run, they hit a few threes, and I'm like, man, like, this is ugly. And then it, it brought me back to that Atlanta game. Even, like, it gave me nightmares of that uh, of that Cleveland and Knicks loss. I mean, obviously, LeBron wasn't around right. for them, but I was kind of thinking yeah. to myself, I'm like, dude, 
you know, why are they coming out so flat? And they, they talk this big game and, and then they turned it on like LeBron 20, uh, 29 points. He got 11 boards, six dimes. Uh, the, the one guy who I think has been on fire. I was critical of him early in the season, but he's starting to do things right. Brandon Ingram, 27 points, 13 boards, uh, had the lone assist, but I mean, just his aggressiveness, 11 of 14 from the field or from the free throw line, part of me, which he has been struggling at all season. Uh, he need for me, in order for him to be successful, uh, he's not a three point shooter and you got to get away from that ugly pull-up mid-range that's contested that that he was trying to make work earlier in the year he's better when he's getting to the hoop and almost doing it off cuts uh doing it off reading the play and kind of reacting to the defense and he's able to find the lane that that's where he's going to be at his best but um you're you're looking at these guys now like you mentioned there's 24 games left it's been so helter skelter because I thought the same thing after Boston I'm like okay this is going to be a good sign uh they're going to get rolling all that trade deadline chatter stuff is, is kind of beyond them but uh, and it was, uh, you know, at that point, I'm like, all right, this is this is what they needed. And then you saw, I mean, they got blown out by Philly, especially in the second half. Uh, the Atlanta yeah. game was ugly, but there's been a lot of up and down, man. And 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 for me, it's like I can't trust that they're going to go on a run now. Yeah, the only thing you really can trust, and, and we all know this, is is LeBron James. We've been saying for years, don't cash in your LeBron James stock. I know Pablo Torre of ESPN has said that for years. I certainly agree with him. LeBron James is kind of like the New England Patriots in a way. You yeah. can't assume it's going to happen until you actually physically see it. And there is going to be moments down this stretch throughout the final 24 games where LeBron is going to look human because for the first time in his life, he's had to view his basketball mortality with the groin injury. It was one of the biggest things coming into the season that I was worried about. He's still LeBron James, but he's 34 years old. Can he still do this and get these guys to to play at a high level we saw it in the fourth quarter i saw it in the fourth quarter but it looked for a while there that he was still trying to pick his spots and it's very easy for laker fans to look at that and go but but we were promised playoff lebron we were promised 26 because when people think playoff lebron they think about 2016 and 2015 all the years we just saw with the cleveland cavaliers they think about the miami heat years we don't think of the end for lebron james because we haven't actually seen it yet so that Fear is in the back of the minds of pretty much every Laker fan, and that's another wrinkle that makes things so interesting. As far as Brandon Ingram is concerned, I'm happy to see that he is starting to put it together. And more importantly, I'm very happy to see that what he did tonight actually translated to a win. And, and I want to bring this up with you, Jazz, because I was thinking about this earlier in the day. When Magic Johnson in Philadelphia went in front of the media and basically told the media, hey, stop treating these guys like babies in regards to the trade deadline and all these rumors. I know that Magic was referring to the trade deadline, but I also think he was kind of referring to the fact that, hey, Brandon Ingram is a second overall pick. Lonzo Ball is a second overall pick. Kyle Kuzma is a first rounder. Josh Hart was a low pick, but he was one of those rare stay in school guys, and he's got national championship pedigree. And I don't know if I can curse on this podcast or not jazz but i think what magic was trying to say is we are the bleeping los angeles lakers and it's time for you guys to be good players now we drafted you to be good players we drafted you to play well and we drafted you to win games if you want to play in an environment where you don't have to worry about criticism where you don't have to worry about trade rumors where you don't have to worry about people writing bad articles about you go play in orlando go play for the atlanta hawks because we will send you there we will send you there, or we'll send you to New Orleans for Anthony Davis. We'll send you there. This is why we drafted you to be a Laker, because there's no one 
who knows more about being a Laker, especially a young Laker who won championships as a young guy than Magic Johnson. Maybe that makes him not necessarily the best guy to tap into the mindsets of young kids today because obviously it's very different than it was in 1980. But I think that's what Magic was referring to. And I'm really happy I saw that from Brandon Ingram. A great game, 11-14 from the line, 27 points. But it actually led to a win. And that needs to happen more often because moral victory time and all this you know, lead time for the Lakers, that's all out the window. They have to win games now. They have no choice. Yeah, that's where I think think the 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 focus has to be kept right like all, all the all the drama with the, with the trade deadline and the Anthony Davis thing like Sam Emick of the Athletic uh had said in his story he talked to uh one of the agents who represents a current Lakers player and the guy said guys are going to be professional but we'll never be it'll never be the same and, and you have to agree with that yeah this isn't you know the 80s the 90s or, or even the 2000s where where guys were, were set, you know more for the most part loyal to their teams and and they were more concerned uh, about being tough and, and and looking tough and not caring like nowadays yeah be, people are more sensitive especially the younger dudes and they're they're more in tune with what's being said about them obviously social media helps that so I, I don't think that's the right way to handle it um, I also think a lot of the Lakers struggles this year uh, have been on Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka like they get a lot of slack for not doing a whole lot you know what I mean uh, they're the ones who decided we're not going to surround LeBron with shooters now I like what Reggie Bullock has looked like in his game I mean obviously that game against uh in Philly and Atlanta a little bit tough to to get a read on that but I mean you know today he was four of eight from the field all of them were three-point uh attempts and and makes uh all four of those shots that he made part of me were on eight three-point attempts and you know what like he had a big defensive play on James Harden ended up turning into a turnover so I think that's a good look but um some of the blame has to has to go on on the on the down points of this season a lot of people pointed the fingers at Luke a lot of people point the fingers at the young dudes but I mean they got to take a little bit of criticism for for the job they did building this roster oh they certainly do and I mean when you go back and look at it it's like well okay Rob Palenka was Kobe's agent for a long time so he was a greasy (laughs) agent was he a GM did he have any experience in a front office he had experience talking to those guys on the other end of the phone He's never been a general manager before. And then Magic, Magic's history with the Lakers post his playing career is, is well documented. I think his coaching career lasted all of uh, 16 games. And, and I know that Magic is a god in Los Angeles and a god everywhere he goes. And he's going to be the guy you want as the face who's going to smile and shake your hand and show up to the events. And if you met Magic Johnson, you would melt. That's just the way it's going to be. And it's going to be that way for the rest of his life. Does that mean he's going to be a wonderful executive that does everything right? No, I'm sure he's, I'm sure there's going to be times where he'll talk about players when he's not supposed to. He's still doing it now. The whole Ben Simmons thing was amazing. He didn't have to do that. He didn't have to say anything. He was still in mogul mode at that time. He wasn't thinking about the Lakers. He was thinking about being Magic Johnson, global icon slash hero, who makes everyone smile and feel good about themselves all the time when he did that. So you know, it, it's been a learning curve for Rob Palenka. It's been a learning curve for Magic. And then you have LeBron James in the middle of all this, who coming into the beginning of the year said, well, it's a transition year. I want to be patient. But what we didn't realize is that LeBron's version of patience is, hey, I want to trade for Anthony Davis right now so I can get two playoff runs with him. That is my patience. And that <laughs> is, what, is, what's, uh, is, is what's made this so fascinating over the last two or three weeks here. Yeah, the Lakers have been uh, have been a soap opera the entire season. It, it hasn't just been, um, you know, the recent trade deadline dar- uh, stuff is what people remember and the Anthony Davis rumors and all that. But I mean, they've they've 
they're they've been a super which is good for the nba the nba is always better when the when the lakers are relevant so whether it's been good or bad um you know at that point they were when lebron got hurt on christmas they were sitting at fourth in the conference and they, they were pretty good you know i think 20 and 14 at that time um you know so and it looked like there was no fingers being pointed at luke and things were going smoothly and now you look at this and and you know for magic i, I think he needs to watch what he's saying as an executive because um when when you're when you're saying things like Lonzo Ball is going to beat my records and you know pointing up a, you know and saying that his his jersey is going to be retired one day and um you know talking about how by the time January comes around he was saying this back in November you know we're going to be playing our best basketball and and we're going to be good and then now saying hey you guys got to grow up it's like you're being scrutinized for all this stuff too and, and the microscope is 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 a little bit uh the spotlight, I would say, is a little bit brighter on you at that point. You you got to watch what you're saying, especially when you're dealing with guys who are 21, 22, 23, and, you know, Kuzma's 24. And that is the divide that, you know, you and I were just talking about a little earlier there. Magic is, you know, the old school guy. He's going to try to relate to these kids as best he can. But, like you said, and I do agree with you on this point, kids today are different than they were in Magic's era. It, it's just that simple. So can you imagine? Can you imagine he uh, he buys them Sega Genesis games now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's buying them Sega Genesis games, maybe a Game Boy, depending on what stock you come up with. I don't know, but I mean, yeah, that's that's the whole thing with Magic. He just he just thinks on another level where you know Pat Riley was the drill sergeant and and he just ran these murderous training camps and these really heavy practices. Could you imagine if Pat Riley? from the 80s coach today, we would have a Jim Boylan situation in Chicago all over again. It's, it's just completely different. It is completely different the way it is now. And that's the divide. And unfortunately, it, it shows. It's too bad that it shows because I know it's very easy to just, as a fan, look at the players and say, ah, oh, toughen up. You get trade rumors all the time. It's Los Angeles. There's all kinds of attention. But I do agree with you on the point that kids are different. Although I will say uh, Kyle Kuzma at uh, All-Star Weekend, he did say, I would rather have people talking bad about me in Los Angeles and to play in Orlando and not have anybody talking about me at all. So yeah, that was that was true. that was that was a really good answer on Kuz's part. I'm glad he said that. I think he probably has uh, the right mentality for all this. And I know uh, Chris Ballard's uh, Sports Illustrated piece uh, touched on this as well. But there is a bit of a divide between Magic and the kids. And I think LeBron is uh, you know kind of the guy in the middle of this, trying to bridge the gaps as best he can. And that's why you have a 500 basketball team right now at 29 and 29. LeBron is going to have to have to set the tone for this team going forward now down the stretch. I mean, it's on him that he can't be taking possessions off, especially at the defensive end. Like, um, you know, without a guy like uh, without a guy like uh, Lonzo in the lineup, like if you look at the team's defensive rating when Lonzo was healthy compared to compared to what you're seeing now, uh, there's a huge, huge difference. Right. And I think that's where um he's got to start taking the little bit of the initiative like if i was looking up the stats on that before lonzo's injury the team's defensive rating they were top 10 in the league 105.9 uh since the day he went out against houston 118.7 without him and there was one possession i saw today that lebron was guarding harden in the in the second quarter i think overall he did a pretty good job when he was called upon uh to guard yeah. harden who basically has shown at this point that he's a he's you know almost to me, probably the best offensive player in the league, uh, right up there with with Kevin Durant, just in terms of sheer scoring. And, you know, he hit that three over him, and, and LeBron kind of got dejected a bit. And it's like, to me, you can't do that kind of stuff. I mean, LeBron played phenomenal, especially in that fourth quarter. He was basically going in there like a wrecking ball, and nobody could stop him. You know you know that uh, that episode of, of The Simpsons, you remember way back where Homer gets onto, like, the wrecking ball, and then he's preventing him from, t- from uh, bulldozing <laughs> yeah. the house? 
that's what LeBron yeah, is right. like, right? Like he's just this animal <laughs> who, who's going to be able to do whatever he wants. But he now has to kind of take the reins on a leadership way. Like, yeah, a lot of these guys know that those trade rumors were a direct result of the conversations LeBron's probably having with his agent and with Magic Johnson. And he's got to tell these guys. And I think he did a good job of rallying them today because, at you know, early in that third quarter, you're just like, here we go again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there was there was definitely that tonight. So, you know, the fourth quarter was 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 certainly, uh, you know, a, a strong indication of what this team is capable of. The problem is, how do you bottle that and carry it over? We don't even know at this point if the Lakers can take a win like that and 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 carry it into the rest of this month and into March, which is actually uh, quite murderous when you when you break it down. I know it's well documented. They have the uh, second toughest schedule coming down the stretch, uh, you know, towards the end of the regular season. I actually looked at this, and I know I said earlier that I had them slated to go uh, 14 and 11 down the stretch, which would then have them finish with 42 wins and and probably miss the playoffs. But, I mean, like, you look at it, they get Houston on, on this night tonight, you get New Orleans twice, and Memphis to close out February. So you're looking at that at least before the Houston game, you're thinking, okay, they go 3-1 and one there. They're already 1-0 in that stretch. And then you get to March. 16 games. You get the Clippers and Sacramento, the two teams right ahead of you in the playoff race. You get Milwaukee twice, Phoenix, Denver, Boston, Chicago, Toronto, Detroit, the Knicks, Brooklyn, Washington, Utah, Charlotte, New Orleans. Maybe you go nine and seven, ten and six there. And then in April, you get OKC, Golden State, the Clippers again will probably be right there battling with you for the eighth or seventh spot. Utah is going to be difficult. Portland, depending on who's resting or whatever. So maybe you go three and two in that stretch. That's that's not a lot there where you can look at the schedule and go, oh yeah, no, the Lakers are going to go 18 and four and they're going to cruise into the playoffs. So I really hope that what we saw tonight can actually be, you know, used and you know, moving forward. I, I don't want to see these 30 point blowouts anymore. I don't want to see these letdowns in Atlanta because when they have a letdown, it starts on the defensive end, and you know. I've with with Lonzo Ball with me. We've discussed this. We already know that apologies to Lavar. Lonzo is my son. When he went down, it was like a, it was it was like it was like Simba and the Lion King. You know, going up to like, come on, Lonzo, we got to go home. Get up, come on. He has to come back. He has to change the culture defensively because we haven't seen that with the Lakers over the last little while. Yeah, the fourth quarter was good, and Reggie Bullock was hitting threes and everything, but James Harden played the fourth quarter with both hands wrapped around his neck. That's not going to happen every single night. You know, they, they have to find a way to get that done defensively. They need Lonzo to come back, and I just hope that they can bring that fire and they can carry it forward because if they don't, then it's the same problem we saw right before the All-Star break. I agree. I think that's where they have to they have to have a continuity now. You can't just have the up-and-down thing that they've had all season and and kind of look at it and and, and you know take this win and, and again it's another one of those like all right this is one of that you know the team's gonna it's gonna bring the guys together they they came back and beat a, a pretty damn good Rockets team and things are gonna move on from here and they're gonna get to another level there's been too much up and down uh if you're looking at the at the schedule like you just you know you kind of went through yeah it's a, it's a tough schedule but if you look at the next stretch of games uh you know they go back to they go to New Orleans twice they got a game against the Grizzly sandwich between them obviously a tough one against Milwaukee at home next Friday and then you got the uh the Suns and, and Clippers a- after that so there's there's some room to, to make up some ground here uh, we'll get to the standings and the playoff stuff right after this break
All right, and we're back. Um, as I was mentioning there, the, the Lakers and the in the standings are sitting in 10th. They're, they're a game behind the, the Kings who lost to the, the Warriors. Almost kind of looked scary there because I thought they were going to pull it off. They were leading a lot of that game. And uh, yeah. they're sitting two and a half behind the Clippers. Now, I always like to look at the home and away stuff because uh, NBA teams obviously usually for the most part have a way better record at home than they do on the road. Um, the Lakers, even on that, 29 and 29. So they got 12 and 12 left. Uh, the Clippers, though, to 28 games only at home so far compared to 31 away. Uh, out of the L.A., out of the L.A., out of the Clippers in Sacramento, who do you uh, who do you think has a better shot of beating out the Lakers for that eight seed? Well, you know, as soon as the Clippers, and I know other people have said this, but as soon as the Clippers traded Tobias Harris, I just assumed, well, okay, they're punting on the season and they're not all that hell-bent on making the playoffs. And then I look at Sacramento and I realize, well, Sacramento hasn't made the playoffs since 2004, and I haven't actually had to pay attention to the Sacramento Kings for at least 15 solid years. So I, <laughs> I, look, at that, I look at that Sacramento roster and I think, okay, well, De'Aaron Fox is a good ball player, and Buddy Heald had a half-decent showing at the three-point contest. And they've got some other guys, I guess. Marvin Bagley and uh, isn't Willie Cauley Stein still on the team? Cauley Stein's so, still there. Yeah, your your NBA equivalent. Well, Willie Cauley Stein is still there. <laughs> so I go from Mo Wagner to Willie Cauley Stein in a span of about twenty five minutes. This That's an good. upgrade. That's an upgrade, baby. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good night for me. But now, you know, after after the Tobias Harris trade, I don't know that I can take the Clippers seriously necessarily because uh, that's that's a that's a loser's mentality if you're going to punt on the season punt on the season and I think that's what the Clippers have done Sacramento is Sacramento are they going to go full Sacramento Kings are they going to make the playoffs I don't know basically what I'm trying to tell you Jazz it's an extremely difficult question and you've got LeBron James in the 10th seed so I trust LeBron James to leapfrog both of those teams but if I have to say one of them gets in I'm going to say the Sacramento Kings because why not also, don't tell anybody I said this, even if it's going on the podcast. It'd be a great story if Sacramento actually made the playoffs with De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Hill. It'd be fantastic. It'd be entertaining. But I, I think the Kings would be the team to do it. I don't trust the Clippers after the mentality they had in trading Tobias Harris. Some Lakers fans are still a little bit uh, bitter about now taking De'Aaron Fox over over Lonzo, even though De'Aaron Fox owned Lonzo that uh, when they played in that, I think it was a Sweet 16 uh, Kentucky UCLA game, but uh, I, I like Lonzo. I, I'm one of those guys, but you know, I look at it too. I, I think it would be, would be good if the Kings got in, just not at the expense of, of the Lakers. Um, you got San Antonio and and Utah tied for the sixth seed, uh, 32 and 26. They're only half game behind Houston. Uh, I think the Rockets will will continue to get a little bit better as we go into the stretch run. But I mean, to me, if I'm looking at that Western Conference, I, I think it's it's common knowledge. That, let's be honest here. The Warriors are, if fully healthy, are winning the NBA championship. And unless one of those uh, East Coast teams, I mean, I think the Bucks do match up uh, pretty well against them. Raptors, I mean, obviously you got the Sixers and Celtics. And uh, Indiana, I don't think will keep pace. They'll finish as a top five seed, but I don't think they'll keep pace with, with the rest of those teams down the stretch here. But uh, back to the West, like if you if you look at it, who are the who can't the Lakers beat in, in the first round other than the Warriors? Who can't they beat in the first round? Well, you know, I Oklahoma City kind of makes me nervous uh, from a Lakers standpoint, and not from not for Russell Westbrook, for Paul George. Paul George might be the MVP of the league right now, the way he's playing. Uh, you know, you talk about two-way players, and we mentioned Kawhi Leonard and even Anthony Davis. Well, Paul George is is right up there, and he's he's you know inching his way into the category of you know you want to talk about top ten players in the world. That's the kind of guy Paul George has been. You could argue that he's the MVP right now. So he makes me nervous as hell if I had to face him in a playoff series. Portland, I, I can't really take seriously. Portland's always that team that's 
that's yeah. kind of in the middle. They're, they're kind of frisky, but they're never actually a contender, so you can't really take them seriously. Portland is basically Washington West before John Wall got hurt. You know what I mean? Okay, wait, it's no, like, no, no. They're, they're, the Blazers are a little bit better of a regular season team than, than the Wizards. The, the Blazers are, though. I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying there. You remember that line from uh, – the, there's a line, I think, which from the Hangover uh, Hangover 2 where the guy that stews um, – the girl that Stu's, uh, Stu's father-in-law, the, the, uh, the, right. they got married in Thailand. And he's like, he, you know, they're, uh, I think Stu is like Joe. And he's like, it's just what we feed babies and old Don't. people. It's just like wet rice. Don't that's wet what, rice. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what the Blazers are. They're just kind of, they're there. They'll, they'll, they'll do their thing for a little while, but they ain't going to do any damage. And nobody's going to really like, you know, uh, rolling with them. No, no, no one's really going to take it. Listen, Davian Lillard's a wonderful point guard. You'd love to have him on your team, and C.J. McCollum is a serviceable two. But do you really trust him in a playoff series? Really? They got swept by, by the Pelicans last year. They got swept. <laughs> I know. It was a three seed, no less. There, there's just no evidence there. And I mean, Denver is intriguing as hell because they've, they've got a lot of guys on that roster that maybe one-on-one can scare you, but I, I don't know. I have no idea what they're capable of in the postseason. I, I really don't. I mean, Jamal Murray can give you 30 points and get hot, and Nikola Jokic is, is one of the best big men, at least out of the high post anywhere. It, 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 Denver's a fascinating team to watch, but I have no idea uh, what they're going to do in the postseason because we haven't seen enough of a, a, a sample size from those guys yet. I don't know that we can we can trust them. They might even be Portland in the postseason. You know what I mean? They might even have that playoff mentality. So I, I think from a Lakers standpoint, Oklahoma scares me a little bit. Uh, Russ has been there. Paul George has been there. And then, you know, you work your way down the conference. There's Houston and Utah and stuff. But I, I think if there's one team other than the Warriors – that uh, you know would make the Lakers a bit nervous. I, I think it would be Oklahoma City, just based on the way that Paul George is very quietly uh, uh, taking that torch from Russell Westbrook, even if nobody's really told Russ that yet. He should have been doing that in a Lakers uniform. That that's the only thing right now, though, right? Well, that's that's also what would make this so very ironic. The Lakers trying so hard to get this second star, and who knows, we could get Oklahoma City and Toronto in an NBA Finals if the Warriors team plus <laughs> had a tire blowout on the way to the Western. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> how, how funny would that be if those two met up in the NBA Finals? <laughs> oh, that would that would be a kick in the kick in the nuts for uh, Lakers fans looking at Kawhi and and uh, Paul George doing that. You mentioned the Nuggets too. I, I'm kind of I'm, I'm a little bit. Uh, to me, it's it's just their home record. I mean, they're just unbeatable. They're obviously with the altitude and and being used to uh, playing a majority of their games. So I, I I agree with you. I think they're a nasty nasty piece of business to play against. Uh, everybody else, I I think if if the Lakers are fully healthy. Um, and they're able to do a little bit what they did today on the offensive end. And this, to me, has been has been the story of the entire season of the up and down. Um, you mentioned kind of defensively. They, they were finding their groove uh, before Lonzo went down. And even up until, you know, LeBron, like I said, they were they were kind of one of the top. Uh, they had started off really low. I think they were 25th or 26th, and they, they worked their way up to 7th, yeah. um, you mm-hmm. know, just in terms of defensive rating. But if you look at them on the offensive end, even today, like that stretch where I mentioned earlier, they went on a 12-2 run. You look at that, they scored six free throws. Uh, the other six points came from LeBron uh, and and Kuz kind of mixing of, of, of finishes at the rim with dunks and lay-ins and tips. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, to me, the key is they got to be able to get to the rim like that. If they're, if they're playing that new style NBA where it's like, let's just try and, you know, drive and kick and find an open shooter. They haven't been good at that. They're not a good three-point shooting team. Uh, they're better when they're able to kind of control the pace of the game and push the ball and get to the rim. Like I mentioned, Brandon Ingram does a good job of. Obviously, you have LeBron, who, who's the best in the NBA at it. Uh, maybe next to next to Harden, he, he's right up there. And then you got uh, 
Uh, Kuz is a good finisher at the rim. And when they're doing that, that's when guys like Reggie Bullock are able to hit shots. And, um, you know, you look at a guy like Josh Hart today where he looked a lot healthier, had a little bit more spring in his step. Uh, he didn't do much on the offensive end. But, dude, you know, it was a plus 22 when he was on the court, the team was. And he brings a lot on the defensive end. So I think that is hugely going to be a key for them, too, is getting contributions from everybody and making sure that they're getting to the hoop uh, uh, on the offensive end and not worrying too much about trying to play the the spacing game. Like, just try and get enough that you're, you're getting to the hoop to draw some fouls and play a little old-school basketball. Yeah, yeah, we talked about Lonzo, but I mean, I think it's just as important to get uh, Josh Hart back and, and and healthy. I think he can give you a little bit at uh, at both ends of the floor, and I hope that he gets his three point shot straightened out. I know he struggled from deep over the last little bit. I think he's uh, below thirty from three, and he's below uh, forty from the floor. Uh, so hopefully, he gets that uh, on track. And then you have, uh, you know, Josh Hart, then you have Reggie Bullock, uh, hitting some shots. And by the way, I think I saw this on Lakers Twitter, uh, during the game, but uh, somebody said, I can't remember who it might've been one of the guys at, uh, at uh, silver screen and roll. But, uh, I, one of them said, you know, it's so nice to have a guy on the team and Reggie Bullock that when he catches the ball wide open behind the three point line, you feel like he's going to make it. <laughs> there, there, yeah. hasn't been, there, there hasn't been enough of that. Uh, for the Lakers this season. They needed that. And I know that everybody loves uh, Shvi Mikhailuk and, and they wanted him to pan out and they wanted him to be successful. But there had to be a reason that he couldn't crack the lineup despite being arguably the best, you know, shooter or at least the best-looking jump shooter on the team. There had to be a reason he couldn't crack that lineup. So that's probably a good trade at the end of the day, uh, bringing in a guy like Reggie. But, again, getting back to the initial point, Lonzo's important, Josh Hart is important, and – I know that Luke wants to have sort of the golden state principle of the beautiful game and ball movements and, and, and cutting and moving without the ball. But I find that when the Lakers do that, there's a lot of general confusion and finger pointing. They just don't have the, the, the basketball IQ yet to be able to do that. And that's why I like what you said. If you have LeBron and Ingram and Kuzma attack the rim, then things can open up, and then that leaves guys wide open. And hopefully they can make open threes. If you kick it out to KCP, well, hopefully he's going to make that three from the corner. Hopefully Reggie Bullock's going to make that three from the from the left elbow extended. Hopefully, you know, Josh Hart's going to make that three. So I like what you said there. I think that's how they find success in the half court because we know it's been a mess and we know it's been – you know, uh, choppy at times. And if anything does in Luke Walton, that's probably what it's going to be along with his rotations and his lineups. I know we can do a four hour podcast talking about just <laughs> yeah, that. Definitely. We'll, we'll, we'll leave that for another day, but I really like what you said there. If they get to the basket and kick the ball out like they used to do before, you know, the, the, the warriors came along, then they can have the most success. And, and hopefully they, you know, again, Think of that going forward instead of this freewheeling, even though they don't quite have the basketball IQ to do it, because nobody can be the Warriors. Everybody tries, but nobody can actually be Golden State, because not only do they have the best ball movement, but they've got the best basketball IQ to actually pull it off. The Lakers aren't quite there yet, even with LeBron James in that corner. I agree. We have to see, you know, they, they have to play a, a different style game in order to be successful just with the way the roster is constructed. So, um, you know what, they've got 24 games left. They're, they're only a, a two and a half out. They, they play the Clippers twice. So it'll be interesting to see what they end up doing. Uh, Marcus, thanks a lot for coming on, man. It's always fun to catch up with you and talk Lakers. 
Thanks as always, brother. It's always so much fun. All right, that's Marcus Fitzgerald, uh, Sportsnet 650 anchor and reporter. You can also check him out on Twitter at Marcus Fitzy. And don't forget to follow us as well at Lakers SBN. You can check us out at silverscreenandroll.com. We have you covered for everything Lakers daily. Harrison, Christian, Anthony, the entire crew has you covered. And also, for, don't forget, check out our podcast network, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to them, we're there. That's it for this episode, and I'll catch you next week.